0: Yeah.
1: We're, we're going to be talking about Riker tonight, because he's awesome, and everybody should get him.
2: Yeah, I wish uh, I had him.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I only have so game,
2: so. but mm-hmm. apparently when you're over level 40, uh, <laughs> we're not supposed to get
1: officers. <laughs> I just I got him to... I mean, guess We want to talk about Armadas. Like, that's an ongoing topic. And how to be- read these battle reports. A lot of people have questions about that, so we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, where do you want to start?
3: Uh, well, since Yar is here, uh, Yar is a master of reading these battle logs, so um, he's going to be talking about some of the things he was reading with today's logs on Riker that I was launch, that I was using in a bunch of armadas today after I unlocked them. And
1: I, uh, I was reading the one that you brought your jelly to. And he was really he was really doing some damage, like the yeah. longer your, the armada went, the better it got. And the jelly has that stacking ability also, but it kind of added to it. I'll let you yeah, know. I and I' it.
4: Yeah, so so when I was looking at it, I do wonder how much the synergy is actually doing for you. It's hard to tell with the jelly because it does have that ship ability. But I've looked at a couple other battle logs people posted on things like Saladin's and Enterprises. And I think that you we might be better off doing Riker with something like Six and Khan. Because that that extra 40% you got from the Synergy Cook, I, I think you'd get more out of getting more of that damage to the hull and more of your hits as crits. Um but uh, but I need to look a little more closely at that.
3: Thanks. Yes, I did hear some stuff today about um, using Con and Six with Viker. Uh, I did just post those battle log from one of my earlier the screenshots from one of the earlier battles with the full synergy. Uh, I still need to do that. Five, that Riker 6 con combo. Hey, that was my armada.
1: <laughs> and how is he working as, like, does he work well with hostile grinds or PvP? Or is he strictly an armada officer?
3: No, he's a PvE officer as well. I was using him today for the um, uh, Hunt the Federation faction hunt. And mainly because I got the extra three points. It's not the same as using uh, Pike, Morrow, Chen, but I did see a significant bonus using him with Beverly and Chen.
2: Is he the same team or whatever as Picard, right? Just TNG crew?
3: Yeah, but I don't have Picard. <laughs> does
2: anybody have Picard?
3: Nope. I, I think Mistaken nope. does, but he can't do voice tonight. Okay. Welcome,
2: Tiger. It'd be nice to have somebody that has Picard. to can see how they work together.
5: I have about 23 shards, and then I'll have him. but I'm still a little short.
6: I have 93.
5: I have 91. You guys probably
2: all
1: have more than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's Sandy's funny. in a good, good bracket. Like she's, she's get, She gets a lot of perks for being in that bracket.
6: She'll yeah. probably
1: stay there. <laughs>
6: i just i might well mistaken says as more and more players obtain riker i think it's important to know ways in which to use him effectively currently i really feel this is the best use for him while pairing him with beverly crusher for synergy would produce greater damage most of that would be mitigated by the armada as you can see in the first log screenshot but pairing him with six of ten causes the level of the armada's mitigation to lower, and more damage from your shot gets through the shields in the hulls. Think of it as spray and prey versus sniper. One may be throwing a lot of rounds down range, but the other is actually going to take the critical shot.
5: That's why I preach penetration over damage. Penetration over damage. They're both really good, but penetration makes your damage go further.
6: He had 44% mitigation in round two, 22% mitigation in eight, and 19% mitigation in round 16.
3: Now, one thing I did here today was that the Riker um, setup for armadas works much better with normal space armadas versus uh, deep space armadas. Because deep space armadas, you really want to stick with that. Uh, mitigation
2: they've, they've also I don't know what they've done with the numbers in deep space but it seems if you don't have a four star ship uh, anything but four star ships just seem to get kick. they get killed really fast yeah I don't know if that's a numbers thing or if they've purposely made a weakness for non four star ships I don't know nerfed people Yeah, it just kind of feels that way because anytime I see somebody come in with something or like if I, I've even just for fun tried to use, uh, you know, three star ships myself and they just get killed really quick or, you know, don't get, don't do any damage at all, even with uh, like crews. I don't know if anybody else
3: is experiencing that, but. Uh, I think you're probably the only one in this room that actually has a lot of experience with Deep Space Armadas. We have a lot of experience dying to them, though. <laughs> Fair enough.
7: My guys well, maybe, do have some experience, but they've, uh, they haven't they have said anything to me yet. Give it a little time.
1: Maybe that's part of it, though, because you're taking a bunch of three-star ethics up there and then it's just killing you over and over again. Maybe that's part of that nerf situation.
3: Well, that's what we're saying. You can't really use them. Because one thing with G4 ships versus uh, G3 ships, is G4 ships fire off a lot more rounds um, and have more guns. Right. You know, like a D4 only has, what, one
5: gun, and it shoots twice a round? i think the the biggest difference you're seeing there between the g4s and the g3s is just uh where your mitigation and penetration caps are at um like if if handy were to pull up um you know something on a a, say a valdor or a, a newton um your penetration comparison to the g4 armada's defense even if you're following triangle like we showed um in uh in our bigs channel in there um the the defensive values for that armada are so high across the board um, that that even the ships that seem like they would have a disadvantage, your your penetration is still so far below what its base numbers are um, that that G three ship it just it, it never gets enough beef behind it. Um, especially if I'm hearing that that somebody at level fifty like Andy is cannot take a, a G three ship into that armada and have success even with light crews. Um, I I think it just comes down to where the g4 ships start with those values versus where the g3 ships kind of top out
2: it's just really interesting though because people are that are level 50 with all the research and whatnot they've done and it's almost like a lot of the research is not affecting the three-star ships and it's only affecting the four-star ships so i think that might also weigh into it
5: maybe
1: Oh,
2: that, that wouldn't stinks. surprise
5: me. I seem to find a lot of spots where research is very particular about what it actually applies to. Like It doesn't seem to give some of the jumps that you would expect.
2: Right, and it, if, they uh, don't tell you what it works on
5: sometimes. Yeah, you know? There's so little transparency behind a lot of the math that it's, it is it is tough to figure out.
2: I really it wish Lee would release more information on the research and how it actually affects things, you know?
0: Yeah, their, something a little more
2: clear. Yeah, their descriptions are awful,
3: I and mean, that's when the descriptions
2: are actually accurate. <laughs> right, uh, half the time it's broken. You
6: yeah. gotta love Scopely.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: I don't have to, but hey, another we're interesting. All still here.
2: <laughs> I know, right? The, another interesting thing is I've seen people taking stuff like a Saladin like one thing we've been doing is messing around with Saladins and what they're around like 2 million uh, for like a level 50 or something like that. And they're taking them and taking out, you know, 4.5 million enterprises and stuff like that.
5: With just a little Saladin.
6: Oh, That's good to yeah, know.
5: So put his, uh, his Saladin and I think his uh, hijacked D3 out there. And it's just obnoxiously large. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I found this, um, I was listening to DJ's podcast and somebody had posted this tool, this mitigation tool. I put a link in the chat, but I haven't messed around with it yet, but I'd like to see if there's a way to utilize this to help people with, with crewing up. Cause you, an idea of how your mitigation works versus like you set it up to like where you're it's you against an armada let's say it and it just gives you a mitigation percentage but i have right. not done anything with it at all like but i did post it in there so you guys can check it out
3: that's a lot of math <laughs>
1: yeah it's it goes into logarithms and stuff it's, it's yeah a i think the right answer to that most is people. growing
5: it, darius <laughs> Here's a new toy for Darius. Let him play with that for a little bit and get some feedback. I think that's a way easier, method.
1: Quirky zombie?
2: Um, yeah. Another thing I've really noticed is there's a lot of people out there that aren't paying close enough attention to their crews, even still. I mean, I've even seen people in Nona where you'd think that you know they have probably been around the game long enough, and they're running PMC and stuff on armadas during events because they're spread across. Their officers are spread across, you know, five ships or whatever.
3: Now, have you talked to them about just switching that to PMG to to get rid of the criticals?
2: That's a very good idea, and I'll probably start mentioning that. Now I know a lot of people will. You know, have one other guys do that in an armada to help everybody else out.
1: It's kind of like the sacrificial ship, Mm -hmm. but it's just so much for for the win. You know, because that's the idea. Which is usually
6: as smaller players.
3: Yeah, it's it's usually a way for the smallest ship to get into the armada and I'm running PMG so that they get the star. If you're running a power only thing, you know that goes into Armada etiquette of you know making sure that you are in an appropriately sized armada for your power level. Um, So many people try and get into armadas that are bigger than they can handle, and if too many of those, you know, one person going in there with PMG to support that helps, too many people going in there who can't help, they'll end up hurting it for the team, and they need to understand you know their power level. Um one thing that we've done in uh dead is we have um uh, put everyone in brackets by their power by their uh, ops level so that they can group up in armadas and talk to each other and team up to make sure that they're all helping each other out. You know, another right thing is that came up recently is damaged armadas. You know, there's no, you know, right now the current, you know, uh, practice is to just wait a couple minutes and see if anyone comes back to a damaged armada. Uh, but I say, with the spawn times the way they are, and with powers the way that they are, don't touch a damaged armada, period. There's no reason to. Just ignore them. Move on, find another one.
1: I that say true. that that would work
2: unless it's one of those events where you can't find armadas or, like,
1: for example, mud um, mottos.
3: Yeah, that's where most of this stuff happens.
1: Yeah, but they're so
2: competitive that a lot of times you may not ever get one in a particular system at all if you don't really go for it.
3: Well, I get that during an event, but when there's no event going, it's just a normal day. There's tons of armadas around.
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Normal normal day, yeah,
5: absolutely.
3: I mean, yesterday, yeah. for instance, I had
5: two or three well, You instances. get too far into that. I want to yeah, I mean, I jump backwards a little bit. Um, go ahead. The uh, the comment about splitting everybody into ops groups for the, the players and dead that are listening. Um, you know, you guys have a tag that's available for those ops groups through Discord. Um, and if you don't know this, this is how the, uh, the 35 and over crowd in dead handles this. If I don't know, uh, you know, who's online or I don't know if I necessarily have enough strength, um, but I'm worried about, let's say, no offense, guys, Nona or Dark or somebody like that jumping in on a big armada that I want to go hit. I will throw that armada and then I will go straight to discord and I will ping my ops level team. So for us, it's like at 35 over. I will go straight into that Discord channel, ping every 35 plus player we have on Discord and say, hey, I got a six-seater fly-in in Groombridge. It's an epic. Get your asses here. That will let everybody that's level appropriate with the the right ships and everything know that, hey, there's an armada that you should come get into if you're available. That way you don't have to to sit there and wait, watch the armada target that you want, get grabbed by another team or end up coming up short because there's not enough people that are online. This is a way for you guys to jump in and go, hey, I know that I've got this rare, I want to go hit a 12 million target, and I don't want the big guys getting in the way and stealing all the rewards or whatever. I'm that actually my guys. is.
2: That's a really good idea.
5: And that's, that's just something to kind of keep everything, uh, you know, keep the scaling right. Because while it's it's nice as a, as a lower ops player to go hit a big armada, uh, your rewards are based on the damage that you do. So if you're going in there with a whole bunch of heavies and you know, you're know you running in a salad and everybody else has augers, you're still going to get a decent cut from the larger armada, but in, in the long run, you're still kind of cutting yourself short. Um, and this also helps the players in your range grow instead of always having the same players showing up to the armadas and getting the rewards, which ends up helping everybody in the alliance that that's following that method. So... If you guys aren't aware that's there, please do use it. It's a great benefit to you and the teammates that are, that are at a similar ops level for you.
1: Yeah, so everybody split up like this, 25 to 29 range, 30 to 34 range, and 35 and over. Don't
6: forget so the you can lines. go in
1: and ping your group from 30. If you're 31, go in and write at 30 to 34 and then you can ping your group of people in your power level and run an armada where, you know, the big guys aren't allowed in. It's just for the smaller guys. And that way it maxes your rewards and then helps you guys grow.
6: Who are you calling small?
5: <laughs> I'm not a big guy at all. He can call me small. That's fine. We're, we're all small. <laughs> I'm compared barely to adult size.
3: Yeah.
5: I mean, physically, I'm barely adult sized. I can't help it. I need to hang out with Kirk or something. Uh,
3: just remember, though, <laughs> to um, make, still call out on in Alliance chat if you are coming in. Don't just call out on Discord because some people don't look on Discord after they do that. As we've
6: seen. Yeah, I, I call
5: I called cook out on that earlier in a, in a <laughs> private voice there, and I'm going to do it here publicly too. Um, yeah. If you, if you, if I go in there and I ping you guys 35 and over crowd and I say, Hey, I need people for a, for a Epic or a rare or whatever. You answer me on discord. 100% promise you. I did not see it. I went, I made the ping. I closed discord. I went back to active chat. Uh, that's, that's just the way I see it. It's, it's too much to ask for people to pay attention to call outs on discord and in game chat. So just get your button in game chat and throw it up in there. (laughs) If you're coming, say it in there. Don't expect me to go back and forth to Discord. I could barely pay attention as it is, man.
4: (laughs) And then one quick thing to add there, you know, uh, Cook and Tiger both said it. Don't let us big players steal your rewards either. If we say we're there for support and you get a bunch of people in your bracket, and, you know, if you're sure you can win it or ask one of us if you can win it, Bump us out if we've said support. We're we're there to make sure you don't lose, not to steal your rewards. So, you know, my auger or or Cook's jelly is sitting there, and, and we said we're there for support, but you've got all the power you need. Please bump us out. Don't just include us and, and let us steal those rewards.
1: Yeah, yeah so that noticed- is, that's what that that is what that means. Like we really do mean that.
5: Like, just don't start in. I've not noticed, noticed a lot of people is- do that. Say so support is the short way of saying please kick me if you can. I just don't want you to waste your directives.
1: <laughs>
3: exactly. And also I, uh, pay attention because there's a lot of glitches there that sometimes it doesn't show you that the armada that you're still in the armada, and uh, make sure you're still in that armada or that it's finished before you move on.
6: Yeah, that's happened to me quite a bit lately.
3: Yeah, we lost our armada today because I wasn't paying attention. We all make mistakes. Nice. You left before it was over. Yeah, they died. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I
2: don't know about you guys, but I tell our alliance if you join, if you if you join an armada, you're not allowed to leave. Period. Because a lot of times people are are starring different players, they're seeing what combination gets them the power they need. They're looking at the ships. They may be trying to figure out who they want to star, who they don't, and maybe they misclicked and starred somebody they didn't mean to. You just never know. So if you join, stay in it.
6: Yeah, that and, happened and to me today. Wait,
2: wait till the completion, because you never know what the person running it is thinking. You know, they started it. It's so their mats that started it. They're in control of it, and you might as well stay in it because they might decide hmm. they want you in or
1: whatever.
6: That also goes to don't call out if you're not going to show up. Because a lot of times we'll call, we'll say full, and then other players don't come. But then somebody decides, oh, I don't want to go to yours. I want to go to this rare or I want to go to this epic. And we end up short a player. So you always need to make sure that if you call out, you show up.
2: I I would recommend to any alliances, don't. Don't just wait for people to call out and consider those people there and in the end when all they're doing is saying, on my way in AC. I would wait till they get there and make sure you have the power you need and all that. I mean, if it's a sure win armada, I guess that's different, but you know, it's I wouldn't run it as first come, first serve. I would first and foremost always go for the win. Once you know you have the win, try and get some lower levels in or et cetera.
3: Yeah, I what mean I would personally recommend. Well part about Armada etiquette is depending on it, it's up to the whoever runs it if they wanna say they have to say if they're going with power over call If they're going with power then it's whoever shows up with the most power, most stars needed. Um oh, so you, you call it out? Yeah, we'll do call outs if, if you know we say if we, if we don't say uh, power. But if we see that there's not enough power, then we'll say we need some more, bigger guns or something.
6: Which yes. also means that whoever's running the armada has got to be paying attention to what's showing up.
1: Exactly. Which isn't always easy. <laughs>
6: yeah. No, not at all. Not I mean, with know, work life. We know
1: it's a tough thing like to get bumped from an armada, but just remember we're going, the, the, the goal is to win. You know, so that the leader has to make sure that that happens. It doesn't always happen, you know, but these directives are scarce. Like, you know, an EP, to run an Epic costs 50 bucks if you want to buy it in the, in the store. <laughs> so some people are buying these packs, you know, so it's. Don't get upset if you get pumped. Like, I get pumped all the time. Cause I'm kind of the low man on the 35 over. I've got, I've got the weakest ships, so I get bumped sometimes. I know what it, I know what it's like. It's not fun.
3: It's but okay. I I'm getting used to, it. I'm used to. I'm used to getting bumped. My well, handy's getting <laughs> used to it now too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it did finally happen to me. I haven't been bumped in like a year, it finally happened. But since uh, Grazi left, it hasn't happened again.
6: <laughs> yeah, You're back up in the highest bracket.
2: Yeah, just barely, which is amazing. A level 50, and I'm just barely in some of these armadas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's good that they they started doing those deep space armadas, though, because you, you guys are kind of maxed out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... When we only had up to level 39s, it was just ridiculous. Like, our entire alliance was trying to go for, I mean, it got to the point where literally if you were over level 40, like, you were never getting in any epics because we were trying to give them all the people that were going for the jelly because that was a good way to get jelly blueprints is the 39 epics.
3: Yes, very good way.
2: I, I we did the thing we did something called jelly hunters and we would we would just call them jelly hunters and essentially the 39 epics we would just let people with the three star epic ships would be the only ones in those. You know provided that there's enough online and whatnot and you know we would send a few bigger ships for support if somebody needed it but it was common knowledge that you always star those ships out if you have the power just like you guys were saying. But yeah, I mean. So yeah, now that the deep space is out, finally there's something for us big guys to go for, which is great.
4: Yeah, it Any, weird. are you guys beating the biggest ones yet?
2: Uh, yeah, we do, but like we can one shot, uh, level forty eights. Uh, but the level fifties, um, the uncommon we can one shot. The rare takes two shots the epics usually take like four shots for a level 50.
1: So are all your buildings just maxed out? Like you're just like, you can't build anything anymore. It's just all research.
2: Me personally? No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did like the staples, right? Like the main buildings, uh, but I haven't done my guns or my
1: docks. Um, I just did like, you know, the normal stuff.
0: You you didn't unlock that last dock yet.
2: Uh, what the sixth dock? Sixth
0: yeah.
2: Oh yeah, of course you can get that at level forty nine. Actually.
0: Oh, I thought that. Was so really I've
2: I've had the sixth ship for a long time. Nice.
0: Uh,
3: do we want to go back to how to read uh battle log?
8: I did have um one thing i would like to add to the armada etiquette if if now's a good time
0: go ahead he said.
8: hey how's it going um so i have a player i won't name names but he's kind of i guess a window licker so to speak um <laughs> in a nice way um but the one thing that irritates the crap out of me is when you have a two and a half million power ship and you're calling one and a half million power armadas and then crewing them so poorly that you almost lose. It drives me absolutely bonkers. And then when we see it and we say, Hey, okay, why don't you try this crew? This crew is better for armadas. And the only reply we get is, well, this crew works for me. And then it's like, well, no, because that armada tore your ship, a new one, and it shouldn't have. And we're trying to give you advice. We're not trying to be jerks. We're trying to help you. We're trying to help everybody that comes to your armada. you told them this? Oh,
2: yes, several times. And I don't know about you guys, but I would kick that person.
7: Yep. I have a few nighttime players that they kind of just do their own thing. We'll say something like as far as how to crew your armada. They don't actually ask for help or need assistance. And they just go for the smaller armadas that they can solo themselves. And we've asked before if they want help or whatnot and they're just silent. So we're just kind of like, okay, I guess you're just doing your own thing
2: on the Alliance. You know, I mean, some alliances are a lot more accepting than others. So
8: yeah, his it's become more problematic recently. And we're discussing
2: if it's hurting your other players, if it's hurting your other players, like they're losing an armada because of it or something. Or people are not getting into an armada that could have helped a lot more. Or, you know, those sort of situations. And I would highly recommend discussing removing the person.
7: Or having a
2: serious conversation with the person. That makes more sense.
6: Or having an armada ban on them for a little
8: while. Well, right. He's not allowed in any of the other armadas because he threw so poorly that we don't want to risk the potential loss especially on like a rare or the occasional epic and he he calls a spot and then he shows up and we start him out and then i mean he never complains about it but it's just like you don't let him in because he's gonna have a junk crew like i mean he had a today for example he had the um the uncommon or the um The normal Riker, and then he had a minor officer and and Scotty or something. And he showed up. I know who you're talking about. And we're like, What the hell are you doing, dude? Like, you can't use any of those crew in Armadas. Like, they don't work. And he's like, Well, the crew works for me. And we're like, Well, no, it doesn't. Like, tell me this real
2: quick Is it a higher level player, like semi?
8: Uh, mid thirties ish. Little, I think he's thirty six. Okay, never mind.
2: We actually had yeah. a player, Nona, that literally was just like that, <laughs> and we even had to kick him. Yeah, he's... you know, I like I felt for him because I actually thought maybe he had mental issues, like genuinely. Yeah, and so like we carried him for a year, and I finally I said, I'm really sorry, man, but I just can't do it anymore. Like you're affecting the other, you know, right. other players. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, like,
5: I'm so one, far, thing found, like... one thing we found. Uh, with guys that that have a language barrier, and I don't I don't know that this is the case at all with this guy, but um, like we've got some some South American players and stuff here with us, and. It was a while trying to teach those guys crews and everything uh, before we had um, one of our players Jarsus posted his uh, posted his officer page, and we found out that some of the names don't even translate properly. So, like Bones, uh, for example, the rare uh, rare McCoy, um, the name in Portuguese did not translate to Bones. So when he's running stuff through Google Translate trying to figure out what we're talking about, he's he's completely lost because the name goes into something totally different. So, I mean, wow. if it's an English-speaking player, then I'd expect that, you know, that's probably not the problem. But uh, just a little note to look out for, apparently the translations aren't really correct in some cases. And and we've had to kind of simplify the language uh, with a couple of our players, not because they they can't understand, but... Because the it just doesn't match up, you know. So I have to say things like, you know, uh, uh, Blue McCoy, or I, you know, something like that to differentiate, uh, or name it by its rarity or something. Because the, you know, I, I give him a name. Or and he's a like, screenshot of
7: your that. officers, and then exactly. circle who you're talking about and send it to them on Discord. Yeah, we
5: yep. do that
7: too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I
1: sometimes we, tell people just to co- copy what you see other people using if they aren't really into like studying crews and stuff like that, you know, it's just, just run what this guy's running because it works, you know, if, yeah, he, if you've got people that are like that.
8: Yeah. So far, I mean, he's an English speaker. We're pretty certain of that. And we got some Google or not Google, but we got translator bots in discord. You know, we've had some conversations, um, with them, but I, I just think that he is, stubborn and so far it hasn't negatively impacted anybody that's why we just have been tolerating it but it's been the trend is getting worse and worse as he's calling more and more armadas and usually some of us will show up to boost him to make sure that he's winning but i mean it's also getting to a point where we're we're getting frustrated at it so we're we're having some conversations about what to do with him, but the the whole the whole point is, if somebody's trying to help you and like offer suggestions, don't like just totally but and just ignore the advice. Like we're all in this together. We're all here to help each other. If I'm saying, hey, why don't you try this, this, and this versus what you're using, you might get better results. I'm not trying to be like a dick about it. I'm trying to, to ensure your success especially as your leader that's my goal so the whole back to the etiquette part is we're all in this together if somebody's offering suggestions and advice please take it like i understand that some people have egos but just take it take it that someone is trying to help you
5: yeah, it's, it's important to have an open mind when, when other, you know, experienced players are are trying to give you advice. Um, you know, that's that's 100 percent like we're all we're all here to be successful and we're all here to help build each other up. I mean, it's the point of a, a top 20 alliance taking in smaller players in the first place is we're, we're trying to help cultivate you. You know, we, we want you to be able to, to reach the places we're at. Um, you know, we want to give you the benefit of our experience without the cost of our experience, you know, because. Some of us have been doing this for quite some time and have screwed up a bunch of different times and, and learned valuable lessons from that. And we're trying to to give back to you guys and, and show you, hey, this is what we found after exhaustive experimentation. This is what works the best. This is what we've what we've gleaned out of all of these attempts. So skip the hard part and go straight to the successful part. You know, don't 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 take it personal. Don't let your ego get in the way. But, but you know, keep an open mind of that stuff. Um, you know, I'm pretty. Pretty solid on cruise. I have a pretty good handle on what I'm doing. Um, But occasionally, you know, somebody will throw something at me and go, hey, why don't you try this? And I actually, perfect example, Pirate Yar told me at one point to try uh, TOS Kirk, uh, TOS Uhura, and uh, original Spock, uh, Blue Spock on there uh, on my auger uh, to go take a shot at something at a a larger jelly. And I was shocked at how successful it was. (laughs) Ah, uh, going PvP with my auger with no burning whatsoever, just flat out didn't care, just punch through the shields and be done with it. I was amazed at how well it worked, um, you know. And there's there's no chance. I, I admit this freely. No chance I ever would have tried that on my own, um, just by looking through my officer cards.
0: Yeah, yep. that's good advice.
5: His mom still dresses in funny though, so not too bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've got one very, little, very, very little true. tidbit that I don't know that I've heard mentioned on here, but a lot. If you hear people talking about stacking your your lower deck, um, and I know, I think a lot of people just kind of gloss over this, right? Because if you put the right, like you, you can balance your lower deck so that your percentage of buffs to the ship will get your power level up, right? Mm -hmm. So that's nine times out of 10, or not nine times. Let's say about seven times out of 10, 70% of the time. That's the wrong way to go about it, just to make your ship power level a little bit higher. Um, It's totally, totally wrong. So what you really want to do is you want to look at the skills of your officers. Now, let's say, for example, your captain has a skill that says blah, 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 blah percentage based on health. Well, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to stack your lower deck with officers that are the highest in health. So now your health figure is going to be much higher. And that officer ability that you've focused your bridge crew around is going to be a lot more, a lot more effective and it makes a huge difference. Like big 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 difference. So you want to really now if you're running a bridge crew that does not have a skill that specifically says something about strength or health or attack or whatever um then you know just go with balanced, right? Or try and max out, you know, your power But if you do have a a skill or maybe two skills, then you want to make sure you use officers. Like let's say you have a health skill and an attack skill. And let's say you have five spots on the lower deck. Maybe use three officers, your highest officers for attack, and your two highest officers for health. And in doing that and not going after that actual power number, um, you're going to be much more successful
5: that's a that's a great point. And I think that I think it's important to note that whenever anybody gives you a crew suggestion, I think uh, you know the vast majority of the time they're kind of assuming that that players already know that. Um, and so that's sometimes why a player that's not as experienced or isn't aware of that fact might not have the same success with that crew. But um you know, for example, if you're running five, six, whoever uh, in an armada. Um, that 600% of, uh, health stat to mitigation, um, that five gives you with synergy, uh, with six there, if you get all three of your stat categories to 300% and your health is only, you know, let's say 10,000, uh, as a total raw score, you're going to see, uh, you know, 600% of 10,000, you know, 60,000, 600,000, whatever the hell, um, Somebody math this, uh, but you'll see that number in there. If you you can stack 15K or 20K, even though your ship's power never increases and you never see anything go above 300% at that point, you're still stacking a whole lot more mitigation once the combat starts based off of that ability. Um, right. yeah that's one of the reasons why your higher tier ships are so successful it's not just because the higher tier ship is like oh wow look at me my raw stats are so much more amazing at t8 than t6 now that's the fact that i get two more officers on the back end and now i can put 35k in health on my uh gladius and throw charvanic up on the bridge and you know at, at 2.9 i can go wreck 4.4 augers it's which because is another a- consideration in picking a ship too like you may have a ship
2: that's new, like a jelly, and you only have one lower deck spot. Well, your epics that are maxed are still going to be a lot more effective.
3: Yes. yes.
2: All, All With, exactly. with at, at least with officer skills like that.
5: It's also translating that to uh,
4: to dead size ships. That means uh, your T2 Borel might do less well than your uh, than your Max Sally. Yeah,
6: exactly, because that's what happens with uh, me.
4: Yeah, don't send
1: your brand new ship that you get that's tier yeah. one to Armada. Don't, don't like, ever yeah, let yeah, that,
2: yeah. basically, don't ever let that power number be anything you look at, because a lot of times it's not important. True.
5: I've breached in our alliance chat a number of times. I don't think any ship is really that ship's power, you know, what you're expecting it to be, until you get it to about T6, Uh, which seems to be on most ships where that uh, backline spot number four shows up. Um, Once you can get four officers on the backline, that's usually when a ship really seems to hit its stride. If if your officers are real fleshed out, you can do it with three. Um, But as I've gone up at the 26, 28, 32, and 34 faction ships, each one of them, I wasn't really impressed with them, was kind of underwhelmed until I got that fourth officer slot. And then all of a sudden I could just go and do what I expected to be able to do with that ship. So um, that's a that's a great point because those T two T three they're they're not going to be as mean as you think they are. Um, you really got to get some of those stats up from the back line, and then you can really do a lot of things with them.
1: Yeah, like my auger is only tier five, so I've only got three officers on the bottom, and I struggle with getting that what I need. What Andy was just talking about. Like I have to shuffle through all these officers. And I'm really struggling to get that, my defense up or whatever it is. I'm trying to get, you know, I, I can barely hit 300 on one. I can hit 270 across the board, but I can't get those attack, defense, and health bonuses up to
2: 300%. And what's really, that's not important if you folk, like if you have a specific crew that's using one of those skills that it's really overpowered, right? If it's super OP, then just focus on that and don't worry about your ship power. Right?
0: Yep. Yeah.
5: And more often than not, in like every way in this game, shown power is a lie. You know, it doesn't mean as much as you think it does. You know, whether it's ship power or you know different things like that. I mean, it, as as your ops level goes up, your shown player power will fluctuate based on what you know ships you have on dock. So, so definitely don't ever think that, that the pure power rating that you can see is is really the stat you're going through. Uh, Because again, I have I have ships that'll give up you know, a million, 1.5 million. But if I'm hitting within the triangle with the right crew, it's no problem. I have half of my ship left when I'm done with that fight. Uh, you know, even though that, that auger is spotting my Gladius 1.5 million, um, he still dies screaming and I'm still giggling in AC. So <laughs> don't worry about the power too much.
7: <laughs> we have one guy, he, his ship's 200k less powered than some of the other guys. But the way he combos his officers are. Gets them uh, working together, they hit harder in Armadas. And some other people go, well, why did you star him in? He's not that strong. And it's like, Well, it's not the power number, it's that he can get it done.
5: Yeah. There's your segue into battle reports right there.
7: <laughs>
2: also, with Armadas, having just a balanced mixture of crews is really important, too. That a lot, I know our alliance, Nona, struggles with that, you know, on a regular basis because, you know, typically we just have so much power to throw at an armada, it just doesn't really matter. So I think that's maybe an issue with us more than a lot of people. But if you don't have balanced crews and different types of ships for regular armadas and whatnot, um, you end up getting people just copying crews. And then soon enough, you've got, an armada and everybody's running the same crew and you fail because when we swing higher
7: than our comfort level for our alliance that's when i make sure everyone plans out their crews ahead of time and
5: who's going but then usually it's a fixed group as well
7: that makes sense
5: yeah, and I think I think that's where you see that the most is where when you're swinging at whatever the top level of your reach is, you know, when the when your top players are kind of pressing a little bit, that's when that's when it really makes a difference. Um, but it yeah. is it is good to practice that early on too. Yeah, but I mean, there's times where you know, okay, you go to the, uh, you know, go fire off some exchange armadas, and everybody can get a r- get away with running five Kirk Spock and that's you know, it's whatever, it's fine. Uh, but you take some of those same players and and go up against some of the high-level epics or high-level rares, and it's it's much more beneficial to go, okay, somebody, you know, somebody call out and bring a whole breach crew because that's going to give us the the background damage bonus to all of our criticals. Uh, you know, somebody make sure that, you know, or two ships make sure you're running burning because I know I have four augers showing up, and that frees up the other two auger players to do some kind of a hybrid crew or something that's faction specific to increase their damage. Without having to get a bridge spot to burning because somebody else already has that covered. Uh, and in case somebody you know out there listening doesn't know this, um, you know any of those uh, background effects like that, um, your whole armada crew will see them. You know, so if I have four augers in a party and one guy triggers burning, all four augers get that burning uh, for their ship ability. It doesn't matter that they didn't generate it, as long as it's the target is burning. You're good to go. So running, you know, a, a five-seat armada with five augers in it, um, you don't need five guys running burning there. You, you're actually limiting yourself because you have too much redundancy. You know, two guys running it that that kind of makes sense to me because you're you're hedging your bets. But uh, beyond two people, if you have that many uh, uh, burning dependent ships in the in the armada, you know, I have a couple of people. You know, somebody throw Lorca on there so you can get hold breach for everybody you know, or, or something along those lines, run some damage ramp or run some extra penetration because you don't need to dedicate to burn.
2: Well, even for, for people that, like, for example, let's say most of your players are 30 to level 40 and your group of, let's say, 30 to 35 players is running smaller armadas. Well, they could probably go up a power level if they just coordinated their efforts you know, and get more loot for the whole team. That's a very good point. Which also, in turn, is going to help everybody grow faster. So, you know, I'd love nothing more than to help the whole server grow as quickly as possible so I have more people to play with. It's always been one of my goals. So, you know, and I think as a whole, our server's done extremely well with that.
3: Uh, I guess can you always do better.
2: Up so What's that?
3: I guess you shouldn't have grown to the top so fast so you can still play with the rest of us younglings.
2: I know <laughs> I just can't help it. I see that shiny button and I just gotta click it.
5: Those, I green, arrows I <laughs> Those green
7: arrows. I guess we to take angry. away from this uh the Officer variety is variety is the spice of life, including your officer combos with all the different ships and your armadas.
6: Which is a great way to, to move into, I know Josh wanted to talk about crews for the armadas. A few different options.
3: Well, I wanted to talk about crews, yes. Um, you know, we have a channel here on our Discord all about helpful crew loadouts. Uh, Of course, it's gotten a little outdated because, you know, we haven't uploaded a lot of new stuff lately, although we're constantly getting new stuff here. I mean, the last thing we uploaded was TOS officers.
2: I would suggest even giving people a list of uh, basically five- and six-man teams, a list of what ship, and what officers to put on those ships. So basically create fire teams for yourself. And then just all you have to do is decide which person's getting number one, number two, number three, and number four based on what ships they have available and officers they have available. And you can just have kind of preset crews, you know, to help people just they pick pick a loadout and load it up and go. And then they'll be more successful with our mottos.
5: That might be an easy way to do it, you yeah. yeah, know. Especially idea. for the players that don't have as much as much experience, or your your uh, lower ops uh, teams that that haven't been on as many. That's you know something that they could quick reference and go, okay, hey, I'm I'm bringing fire team two, you know, or something along those lines. That would right. That would probably help and that would be like, a lot. Yeah, and like <laughs> fire team two be auger with the burning crew,
2: and yeah. then you know, number three is third ship is enterprise with the blah, blah, or whatever. But I think that might be kind of neat if you had people interested in setting that up. I
3: think that's a great idea. I think that's something we'll we'll work on. Thank you. And something that you said earlier
1: too, about what ships work best against which faction.
3: Yeah. That's also important.
2: Yeah. That's almost a battle triangle in of itself.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so that's where, that's something that's uh, an issue, I think, with us, that we've discussed, is we, when everyone started playing the game, I'm pretty sure everyone started playing with the eyes on the Enterprise, and at the time, the Enterprise was the best ship, you know, before G4 even came out. Um, False. Best ship. (laughs) Augur. <laughs> it changed into the auger once they started fixing it and making it better. Yeah, but, you know, and, and so it's all like Romulan ships are the best ships from like Augur on. You know, screw the Gladius. That thing's a piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> you just
6: <laughs> you have feeling. one ship That's that <laughs> they can
5: kill it. The Star Empire does not approve. And Klingon I I is
2: Klingon's pretty strong too. Uh, in in uh, over forty.
3: Yeah, so, but what I'm getting at is um, I think when a lot of us started hitting the epic ship's levels at the forefront in Den and some of the other alliances now, too, that uh, we put a lot of emphasis on the Augur looking at its ability to kill all the enterprises that preceded us and the fact that it is a lean, green, mean Hostile hunting. killing machine?
2: Yeah.
7: <laughs> but god darn it, it's slow. Yeah, it, yeah, so slow. But that's why that I think is why I like my Gladius for
2: grinding hostile. And sometimes I have very much so noticed this. I use my Kelvin for hostile grinding, just because especially if you're going to those systems where the hostiles are much more spread out. Like cause some systems have an abundance of hostiles, some systems are a lot more thin. And if you're in a system that you know you 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 got to take that into account, the speed of your ship absolutely dictates how quickly you'll get points. So when you're grinding, I suggest to people is test it. So set a thirty second time or a minute or whatever, and just sit there and grind. Take a screenshot of your rep and grind for a minute with one ship. Take a screenshot when you're done after that minute. Do it again and you're also including, you know, any travel time, any repairs with travel time if you have to, you know what i mean? Take all that into account and sometimes you'll be surprised that even if your ship you're picking a ship that's much faster, but maybe you have to repair more. If you're grinding somewhere, you have your base close to that spot, it might still get you rep a lot faster even though it doesn't last as long. So it's something that each person should test from time to time and see what gets you the best rep the fastest. The other sure. part I want to
5: piggyback on that is uh, player density in those systems, right? Because everybody knows that there's a couple of systems at each rep level that the majority of players are going to do their hostile kills. Um, I love my auger. But because it is so damn slow, you will never catch me grinding hostiles with my auger in those systems, especially during events, because there's so much competition for those those hostiles, even if it is a densely packed system, because a lot of players are going to be there. So when I roll up and I see, you know, oh, wow, there's, you know, four or five augers already grinding in this space. Well, it's gladius time, kids. And, you know, because that way I'm not getting, you know, in, in these turtle races to try and get to the last hostile. I can get to the ones that I need. Uh, and then get out of there because there's so many players in the area grinding. This is this is something I do, uh, especially Watch during events. It's, it's, well, like,
2: like Taiga Core, for example, uh, if you're in there, um, I've actually timed it out there um, <clears throat> back in the day, and uh, it was much faster for me to just hit whatever was closest than to try and go hit a level 40 or the level 39s. So I could just sit there and just like repeatedly 38 38 38 39 40 38, 38 38 38 38 38 and I would get rep a lot faster that way than trying to just hunt down the
5: 39 and 40s. Oh, that's valid for the events too because when you're when you're hostile mm-hmm. grinding for events, you know, watching players like scream all over the map to just hit the highest level hostiles, I outscore those dudes like crazy because I'm not selective at that point. Um you know if you're hunting specific level hostiles also just as a, a side note for those that don't know this if you are uh only hunting 40s every time you hunt you hit and kill a 40 in say a 39 system um what goes into the queue next for the hostile uh level is a 38 so it scales you know you hit 38s to free up the 39s you hit 39s to free up the 40s you roll into a system and it's nothing to 38s and you need 39s and 40s, don't be afraid to go wipe, you know, a dozen or 16 of the 38s to get those things out of your way and get those hostile generators, you know, pumping out the correct level for whatever daily you're trying to hit.
1: Yeah, because you see those players, they're chasing and racing to the 39s or whatever, and it's just kind of, you're fighting each other, you know. But just like you said, you got to just, you know, Take the little ones to get your big ones. I get my dailies done pretty quick that way.
6: Be willing to take a hit for it.
2: Also, multiple ships. I used to literally run five or six ships in a much smaller, much lower level system. Like for faction hunts, like when I was like level 48 or 46, I can't remember. Um, I would literally go to a level 39 system. And I would run five ships. I would go an empty one or close to empty. And I would just literally click around to each ship and just sit at a spawn point and just sit there, click, kill, click, kill, click, click, kill. And I would get the faction uh, event done in a quarter of the time, literally, maybe 20, 25% of the time I would if I just took my strongest ship and went up to a level 46 or 48 system. And same could be said for any level. So sometimes you can run multiple ships and get it done a lot faster that way for events. Well, Rep grinding doesn't brutal. always work that way.
1: it's actually getting brutal Like the higher up you get. It really wants you to kill a lot of ships.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's another thing too. The score, like the score they want you or the amount of ships they want you to kill is a lot. So you end up either running multiple ships in a lower level system where you don't die as much, or you know you go straight to the level forty nine capital system or a level fifty system and run PMC or whatever. Um, you know, but a lot of times that's not the fastest way to get it done. So if you're not mining or whatever and you've got extra ship slots, go to a
1: lower level system, put some good crews on, and go to town with multiple ships.
0: Another good point. I do that with
6: dailies. I'll be doing swarms with one ship, killing hostiles with another ship. My other ships in Org space, and just continually rotate. Yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Especially as they're flying to kill something, switch over to another one.
2: I used to try and do that, but nowadays the game's so freaking glitchy that if I switch around <laughs> so much, I didn't. I end up crashing so much; it
1: ruins it for me. Exactly. Yeah.
6: Haven't yeah, yeah. hit that yet, but.
1: But I do love love this server, at least most people on the server, is I can send my Vidar, you know, up into the Borg space and then go get something done and then come back and do some grinding and then, you know, set it down, go just get something done and then come back and, like, you know, because of our our ROE, you know, my ship is still there. (laughs) And all my Borg probes are still on the ship. You know, I don't have to worry about like losing it because i had the you know real life stuff to do.
3: Yeah. You know, I think it was really we, great. I wish we could kill some of those dogs cuz they just fill up the system. <laughs> no, Bad i there guess
6: there wasn't I'll, a timer you could set on them.
2: I guess i'll just mention it real quick. Um, this certainly isn't something i expect everybody to do but Uh, One thing we're doing with the new ISO stuff uh, is during ISO-specific events, we've told our people not to hunt ISO. Of course, it's up to each individual team if they want to do that, but uh, it's something we're doing at the moment.
3: I think it's definitely something worth considering, Um, you know, treated just like data now that they're doing ISO events. Yeah,
2: you know, just because it's... But especially with the Meridian, I know not everybody has it yet, but you'll soon find out that with the events, it's kind of like if you want to participate in the event, you have to use the Meridian, and it goes OPL in two seconds, and it's just ridiculously annoying to get hit for OPL every five seconds. So
6: It's another babysitting trick. What
1: is, what is the max protected cargo? I think it's like 1,200 at tier 9 or something like that. Uh, let, space. Me,
2: let me check Dude, oh, you let me see if I can check what's that you maxed yours already yeah I have one max <laughs> <laughs> I did it r- with just grinding I didn't buy any packs that's cool
3: well, it's, e- it's easy to do well
2: I mean I bought the ship but, and I bought the skin ah, I would highly 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 recommend you get that skin because that extra yeah, refine if you have extra loot that. is yeah, awesome no,
1: fully, fully explain that because I'm a little confused about how that proceeds like so you get this you get the ship right does that open anything up new the rice refinery.
2: No. I mean yes it, it opens up your uh, some research
3: and it opens up that rice and refinery
2: right Uh, Which is for um, research.
6: Zap says it's like Prime Refinery. It's similar
3: Prime Refinery, not
2: quite though. Not quite. It's just it's it's giving you an extra (laughs) level, but it costs a lot more. So Prime gives you basically for free gives you um, an an extra level, right? So you anyway you you know what Prime is, but. Well with for the, the people that this, don't have it basically ship
3: skin. basically you have for prime refinery you have like one chest, two chests, three chests. When you get prime refinery it becomes two chests, three chests and four chests, with no difference in cost. With Correct. the skin refined with the skin adding to the isogen refinery, the chest that you already have, where it's two or three chests, depending on if you have the bonus refinery in the territory. Um, now you get a fourth chest. Which is double what the third chest is, wow. which is freaking awesome,
2: especially for one star ISO. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's not the that, expense isn't all that much more.
1: And that's for all all the ISOs. Does it doesn't.
2: Correct.
3: Yes.
1: Well, so that now
2: what we're s- what we're seeing though is because of the meridian and because of the skin and whatnot, we're seeing people that do OPL hunt do it ten times more, because now they want to max refine. And it's getting to the point where it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yes, so, I don't know a- how it'll all shake out, but we'll see. Time will tell.
3: There's been a lot of anxiety and, and hostility between former friends lately.
7: Yeah. Pretty What's much on? alliances that OPL hunt in our territory are the ones that The few OPL hunters we do have, that's where they go target.
2: Yeah. And which is a shame because if everybody spread it out a little bit, I think it would cause a lot less conflicts.
7: I've started doing what uh, Herb does, and I've been, I started last night, and I'm just throwing out miners on uh, ISO.
2: <clears throat> which is great. The problem is you can't control who comes by and hits it. And so oh, you've yeah. got somebody from an alliance that has, buddies. that has all the ISO in the world and they have a whole bunch of empty minds yet they feel the need to come steal yours. Yep. So that's it's a little, a little silly, part. but you know,
3: yeah, that, that's always been the thing that hurt me. I've always said, I'm happy to give the, my OPO isogen to people who don't have territory. People who do have it and just choose not to mine it. I just consider them douchebags.
2: So if you don't have, uh, if you don't have a particular ISO and you need it, feel free to PM me or any higher level player in my alliance. They would be absolutely happy to let you hit them OPL anytime. Not a big deal. If you don't have that ISO. You know, within reason, I mean, if you go messaging the person three times a day, probably not going to be received well. But if every once in a while you were super busy in real life and you didn't have an opportunity to mine at all or you have no access to the ISO and you'd like to do a minimum refine from time to time, don't hesitate to reach out to somebody every once in a while. Nine times out of 10, I'll bet you that it's going to be very well received. You know, a little PM and a little communication goes a really long way.
7: Oh, I agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I I know I had a couple of uh, researches that required ISO three that came up in the way teams. And that's I think that's the only time I went OPL hunting in the past
3: like couple of years. So I think if you have the meridian and you're getting those daily uh, re- refinery the um, crap, what's it called? the uh, daily ref- vice and refinery. Just do a single pull from that. Don't do a double, because that gets expensive for your isogen. But you don't really need to go wasting officers on what, and ISO on what little those weighty mission assignments give. Um,
1: I think you... Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the emulsion, it was just the raw, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: A deal. I don't mind spending raw on it. It's when they want that emulsion. Like, it's way too expensive for a little bit of resin, especially now that that horizon opens up the refinery for it. And there's very limited amount of research that you can get. There's like what four of them now.
3: They're probably gonna have more.
1: They they get expensive as the levels go up. I, I'm excited about getting some more uh, cargo space in my.
3: Well, that's not assessment. the only one that has cargo space research. There's yeah. the research. There's the uh, way teams research tree. There's other parts on the territory research tree. Um, and there was some galaxy research, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yep. i have I'm bit hitting
1: them all up, and then I hit a wall where I can't afford it right now. <laughs> I've almost got my uh, faction miner to two mil. Like that's been a goal of mine. Like I know you can get them up to
7: four mil now with all the researches. Congratulations! (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm struggling just to make one mil on mine, but I'm I'm working on it.
3: Now, in speaking about some of those researches, one thing I was looking at today that I don't know how many people have looked at this, and I now know it's a level 35 block. But if you are 35 and up, and you can do the Apex Rogue Notoriety Research, it uses Apex tokens that you get during the Apex event, and that will increase your reputation that you're getting every day. That's a big increase it will take days, weeks, months off of that
7: reputation grinding. Thank cool. you for letting me know that, because I've had some people complaining that are around that level, and that might spur them on now.
3: That'll okay. give them a 35% boost, and to give you an idea, it takes out, a thousand <laughs> you have to save up. Eh, a thousand's not that hard to get, especially after well, that little mistake that Scopely did.
1: I'm, I'm like 390
3: away. I'm it done. You'll probably get it in the next month or so. Um, you know, it's it's not a it's not a research that you can pay for. It's purely grinding research, and the difference is astounding. I mean, to give you an idea, the three day um, poll that gives you if you do a, a full a max poll for the reputation every three days, uh, that gives. And uh, someone at associate level, uh, thirty-one thousand. And if you have the research done, it'll give forty thousand. You know that right? That ten thousand right there is a huge difference. You know, on the single day, what was it? Four thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, and be sure that you are getting to the end of that before you get to the forties, because you want to unlock all that G four research. Before you even hit that button for forty, yeah.
1: You know, and That's the Ro- the Rogues, rogue the rogue research tree is a little bit twisted. Like you have to really look through it because <laughs> there there are prerequisites <laughs> to certain efficiency researches that are really important. Yeah, every tree they has cost, you know, They they cost mats, and you have to do them like the very first thing.
5: And One I One thing say- that I'd recommend that, that we were talking about earlier privately uh, with Cook, Drift, and myself, um, I'm at uh, probably 75% of the way through partner right now. When I first hit partner, I was starting to see the efficiency researchers showing a rep requirement. You know, I'd see stuff in 3.5 million, 4.5, 5.5 million, and, and at first that stuff seemed really daunting. Um, that, that Apex uh, rogue rep that they were just talking about, um, especially when you hit partner is a really big deal. It's absolutely essential um, because I can clear, you know, a million rep in uh, three weeks, you know, something like that. If I'm doing my double polls on the three day poll and I'm hitting my security keys every day. Um, so if, you, if you're properly positioned, uh, those requirements are not nearly as daunting um, and I promise you, you want to get those efficiencies done. Like I, I promise you, that is one of the most important things you can do uh, in your your stretch from thirty three to thirty nine. What I was saying there, those those efficiencies and how important they are. Um, Drift and I both have our enterprises at T four, and he had listed in AC at one point. How many you know G three mats he needed, uh, G three gas he needed to be able to tear up to T five. And I went, when he put out the numbers, I was like, holy crap, that doesn't sound right. And I looked at mine, and I went, wow, I need half of of what he just said. Um, You know, I needed 8K, you know, to be able to clear out everything on my T4 Enterprise, whereas the stuff he was looking at was, what was it, like 14K, 16K, something in that range. Um, Yeah. And there's your difference. You know, that's why your Stella is so important. That's why those researches are so important. He's literally paying twice as much as I am for the exact same thing. That's why you want to focus on that stuff. And and the, the three-star mats that are in front of those and some of the prerequisite um, researches, forget about it. That's an investment. You know, you, you do it when they can pay you back, you know, so whether there's a, a officer auction or there's a research event or something on those lines, you know, do it when you get something back for it. Don't just throw them out there as soon as you, the mats or as soon as they're ready um, because that way you maximize what you're spending but but really take those mats you were going to put in your ship at 35 a lot of those are better used by hitting those efficiencies and push to 29 so that you can get a better rewards but b most importantly the, the better efficiencies because we all know one of the toughest things to you do in your 30s uh, is grind out those g3 moments, especially as the ships get bigger so the amount of mats that I've saved by going all the way up to 39 and then backfilling, I've saved myself at least a year worth of gameplay because I don't have to grind 16k G3 gas to tear up my Enterprise to T5. I only have to grind 8. You know, a, a far less daunting number when you really break it all down at you know, 2k per module, I think is what I'm give or take. So... Yeah. Really, really, that's, that's where you want to be, and that's why the, that rogue rep and rogue research is so important, is to be able to unlock those things. And if they... Basically, I think is what
1: he's just getting at is just really concentrating on those resources. Like my plan with the enterprise is not to touch a module until I
3: get a couple levels up and get some of that research done.
6: Can someone else it's, explain about the, um,
3: what yeah. that rebate is? So there's certain researchers, I think it's in the Galaxy research tree, um, that affects your efficiency. And I could be wrong, but I think it's those faction ones. Um, that it doesn't actually show you what you're, efficient, what you're saving. Instead, you have to go and get over a threshold, and it gives you a rebate back of whatever it is that you actually saved.
2: <clears throat> Essentially, it's not showing you the correct number. And once you click the button, it won't actually take all of it that it's saying it's going to is essentially what it is. Gotcha. And it's just scope. It's a scopely fuck up is what it is.
3: Yeah. But scopely also said that they won't fix it.
1: They like it that way. Right. Yeah. And that's the level 39 research.
3: No, no, that's the faction research. You're already looking at that research. You've you gotten it since you were level 20, I think. Oh, there, A lot, there's a, a there's lot
1: a of
2: people don't even be. realize it's happening. It's, it's because of the efficiency research is actually dropping the price of some of the other researches, but it's not showing that change, right? So you go and you click on the research thinking it's one price and it's actually supposed to be less. So they're just giving it back to you after you click the button. It's ridiculous.
5: At least that's how I understand it. I've noticed it in the TC researches, too, I did two of the ship efficiency researches and watched the modules on my auger move not even a little bit. Right. But once you actually click on it,
2: like if you do the research or do the upgrade to your ship or whatever... Um, it just actually won't take all the resources.
5: Yeah, basically you have change left over when, uh, once you do it. The the part is that you still have to reach the number it shows you before you can click on it it's the part that irritates that a lot.
3: Correct,
1: um, yeah.
5: Yeah, that's... I you, mean, have it. you have it left over.
3: Just imagine having to get, what is it, like 5,000 rare ore to max your auger and you go and click the button after you finally got that five thousand, only to find out you only need like three and a half thousand. Yeah, it's
1: pretty <laughs> frustrating. You know, I I love the efficiency research I just did. Is I'm doing the math on getting my auger up to the next tier, and what was it? I can I can actually look at it right now.
3: You about before down. I
1: need it like forty five hundred uncommon ore, and it dropped down to like forty two. But it's four thousand two hundred thirty four now that I need, and by the end of the arc I'll have it. So then I'll have a tier six auger, and it'll be awesome. Yeah, but otherwise I don't think I could have got it. You of course, know, Ops 36, they hide that behind a whole bunch of uncommon Uncommonore, too. So.
3: Remember, the name of the game is Research and Officers. It's all about the research and the officers. Those are the two things that, that stick by you forever. Ships come and go. Buildings mm-hmm. come and go. Research and, and officers, those are going to be there forever.
1: You, know, you literally put them in the scrapyard. They're absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. all I've this got,
0: effort.
2: <laughs> tell me it's about hilarious. it. I've I've got like three enterprises, uh two augers, uh four D4s.
3: And I'm scrapping
2: them all. How <laughs> many
3: of them are
1: max? Uh
2: at the moment the augers are max, the enterprises are max. Wait, what do I have right now?
5: Y'all dig- thought I was full of shit when I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, I think uh, Andy and DT were talking to me one day after the podcast and he brought this up and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I, was, I, uh, I, was, I, uh, I thought I had first world problems. <laughs>
0: Damn.
2: I've got like, I wish I could scrap these freaking jellies because now I'm sitting on like six of them. Oh they nine of them. god! Damn it. And then yeah, so I've got two max enterprises. One of uh, they're both seven million. And then this is at home, but six million on one of the enterprises, so it's not fully max. Max D four, and then I've got a few more D fours that I'm working on. Another auger that I'm working on, and I've just scrapped two augers already. Uh, another enterprise I'm working on.
1: So, so, is so Tam is asking about. That's four enterprises. Reports. What's that?
6: Poor, poor handy. I
2: Tam, know.
1: Tam is asking about battle reports. We didn't get too into that. And we're yeah. running low on time. Is there anything
3: Tiger. else you want to say? Uh, I'm tired. Do you want to go more into detail about the how to read battle reports for a layman?
5: What have we What have we covered already?
2: Catch me up there uh, and then I can pick it up. I don't think we've covered anything on the battle reports.
6: No, really. we just talked about what we were looking at on them.
3: Yeah, like mitigation, piercing.
6: And then proceeded Biker. to be impressed.
2: I mean, a, a lot <laughs> to battle reports is just math. Yeah, but you also there's a few th- key things that I look at personally. Um, mainly how many rounds. So like, for example, um, I think how many rounds is really important because there's certain skills, certain officer skills that work a lot better for long fights. And then there's certain officer skills that get it done really fast and come in real strong at the beginning. So when you see like an officer skill that says in round one, it does this, well, if it's only a three round battle, I mean, that's 30% of the fight right there, so that could be a really big deal. But if you're in a fight that's 50 rounds long, then now that ability sucks, right? So that's Honestly. one thing I use the battle log for to look at um, is how long some of these fights go. You know, and is a
5: great example of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And DCS and it,
1: too. DCS is so stacking battles
2: like officers that do stacking effects that keep going getting more and more powerful as the fight goes on work great in you know a fight that lasts you know a hundred rounds like some of these little ship battles remember you had the PvP events with little ships I mean these these fights would go a hundred rounds three times in a row <laughs> so he the people that were winning were using the skills that kept stacking on top of each other every round. But then, you know... Anyway, so that's one thing I look at when I'm looking at battle logs. Um, I'm sure you guys have a lot more of the detailed math kind of stuff, but that's just a little quick tip.
3: This is definitely something great for mistaken or Darius. I tend to try and calculate the math sometimes. If I... Depending on how much I look into it,
5: so one of the things that I use uh, battle reports for religiously, um, and and my you know my method changes from ship to ship based on on what I'm trying to get out of it, um, but that's the best way that I can tell how effective my my officer crews really are, and how much backline stats I really need to add in, or what officer crews have ceased to become effective. Uh, The best example I can give for that is, um, let's say, uh, exchange armadas or armadas in general. Um, You know, a lot of people will tell you that, you know, five Kirk Spock, five Kirk Spock. Well, there's a point at which Kirk and Spock are completely superfluous because if you're frequently, um, you know, finishing armadas with full shield health in in a a longer fight, you know, a, a 30, 40, 50 round fight, Um, then chances are your shield health and mitigation may not require you to run Kirk Spock. Um, So being able to go through the math on the battle report, how much damage is hitting you, how much damage is mitigated at the onset, how much damage is going to your shield, and at what rate are you regenerating that shield? You know, depending on the size of the target, I may find that until I'm really hitting the top end of my reach, um you know, I may not have to run Kirk and Spock. I may not care about that much shield. So when I look at those numbers, the way that I break that down and the way any player can break that down, you you first have in the battle report a raw damage set uh, that is dealt to you or dealt by you. Um, so that's your initial number in your column. Uh, uh, for, for your ships, it's on the left side. On uh, enemies or hostiles, it's on the right side. And they'll list how much damage popped out of their weapon before it Uh, Considers your numbers at all. Your mitigation stats are what determines how much damage goes away in the first line on the opposite side of the column. So if something hits me for 500k, right? I have my stats are lined up to give me 50% mitigation. I can see that by watching the first number at the top is halved. Okay, so ship mitigates 250k, and then your shields have a base mitigation that they soak as long as they're still active and the remainder goes to your hull. Those numbers are all determined by your defensive values, um, armor dodge and um, uh, shield deflection, versus uh, the attacker's offensive stats, um, armor piercing, shield penetration, or accuracy. Um, However high you are in comparison to those, or low, determines how much your ship is going to mitigate or, in turn, how much their ship is going to penetrate. You can hit a ceiling for those numbers. If I remember correctly, it's like 72.5%, 73%, something in that range is your, your, both your max penetration value and your max mitigation value. So if you break down those numbers um, by, by basically deconstructing the raw damage that the target hits you with and then kind of factoring out what percentage is represented in the three numbers they give me on the opposite side, I can determine what percentage I'm mitigating. That becomes important to determine whether or not you really need to beef up your mitigation or not. If I put five on the bridge and I have no synergy and I'm still mitigating 72% of the damage that's hitting me from the raw stack, I don't need any extra synergy. It does me absolutely no good. I've already hit my mitigation max. You can't tell that unless you're looking at the battle report and, and kind of breaking down the math a little bit. Um, I will tell you that I, I don't break out the abacus or the calculator or anything like that. I do most of my numbers in, in kind of a rough and quick manner, um, unless I'm really trying to take a deep dive. Um, but for the most part, I can sit there and say that in most armadas I find myself in, the mitigation that I get from having six on the bridge, it doesn't matter. I'm already at max for a lot of these. And six is only there because he increases my penetration values, you know, every round. Um, but in some armadas, I really do need that extra 600%. And that's a, a good marker for me to be able to determine what kind of crew I need to use uh, at what power level um, and what part of the... Uh, my stat sheet I need to focus on. Do I need to worry more about staying alive in this fight? Or do I need to worry about being able to penetrate quickly? Um, you know, and you, those are those are kind of experience-driven uh, things because depending on the armada type, I kind of already know I'm going to an exchange armada. My stealth is high enough in comparison to the targets we hit and what everybody else is running that I don't really need to do a whole lot of mitigation. I really don't. I've got that all in my background research and everything, and my Stella is going to carry its own weight. So my benefit to the Armada team is to go high damage penetration and try and kill that thing as fast as possible because this is only going to be a 15-20 round fight unless it's something that's a really high-end target for our team. Um, well, we whereas... also want to
2: keep in mind damage, too, on the flip side of that. So if you know you're in an Armada that's going to die quick because of who's around you, you're not going to get a whole lot of loot if you're running something like Kirk and Spock. I mean, you just basically joined the Armada, stayed alive, took a couple blows, and didn't do any damage at all. So therefore, you're not getting any loot. So you may want to um, instead do something that increases your damage, you know, as much as possible, because that's what's going to dictate how much loot you get.
5: In a lot of cases, absolutely. The other, the, the, the aside that I would give to that, though, is there's a fine line between ramping my damage to increase my loot and, and staying alive longer so that my overall damage is, is actually higher. I've seen a lot of times where a damage ramp crew um, the, that gets blown out in 10 or 15 rounds of a 30-round fight, your damage contribution is actually still smaller than if you had crewed for sustainability um, and lasted 20-25 rounds uh, in some cases. You end up ahead, uh, still playing defense. But if in 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 a lot of cases, it is still better to go damage. So it's kind of a fine line based on your personal research and where your officers are at as to whether or not additional rounds or additional damage is really gonna uh, come out to be the better uh, the better result. But it is something you definitely have to pay attention to and balance because there you know sometimes the right answer is different, right? Uh, you know, some armadas I might end up doing more damage because I live five extra rounds. Some armadas I might get a better loot share because I win all in on my damage and penetration and I didn't last as long as I could have, but I threw a lot of violence in the time that I was there. And so I end up pulling more loot. And that's where I say it's kind of an experience-driven thing. Um, and that experience comes from from reading those battle reports, from seeing how the damage breaks down, um, seeing what abilities are triggering and how often they're triggering. Uh, and and what efficacy they're bringing to the fight. Um, one other thing I want to point out there uh, to to kind of keep going with that is a lot of people have have brought up the fact that they don't see an officer triggering when they do go into the battle reports. So I want to touch on the fact that the battle report has a lot of things that it doesn't show you uh, in obvious fashion. But if you go into the lines and you break down the math, you can see that things are still happening. What I'm talking about when I say that is if multiple people are running Kirk and Spock on their bridge, the battle report's only going to show you uh, one team. Even though four Spock may have triggered when four Kirk went off and and threw morale up on that ship, you're only going to see one player's Kirk, one player's Spock. That doesn't mean that your Spock didn't trigger it just means that the battle reports only listing, uh, and I'm not really sure how it determines this. Most of the time, it seems like whoever the highest tier officer is is the one that gets listed. Um, but sometimes it seems to default to the armada leader if they have you know redundancy in their crews. So if you have you know three four guys running Kirk Spock. If I have Kirk at 80% and Spock is maxed and everybody else has, you know, Kirk at 75% and Spock is one tier lower, you're only ever going to see mine trigger until I die or my Kirk doesn't go off and somebody else does. Um, And and this applies to almost all of the officers that you'll see. So there, there are some ways in which the battle report will fool you if you're just giving it a surface scan. Because you'll see, like, hey, uh, you know, VR's Giorgio went off, but Tiger's didn't. Well, that's because VR has Giorgio at sixty percent, and Tiger is, you know, poor and has, you know, level five Giorgio because <laughs> Disco Pulse hate me. Um, but damn, it's my sorrow good. Uh, but, <laughs> but those are those are the kind of things that sometimes will take players away from crews that were suggested to them because it seems like it's not working. But if I dive into it and I, I look at that Kirk Spock example, um, I can see where my shield health got depleted in a given round, and then I go another round or two later, and I see, oh, look, I've got shield again. It never actually said my Spock went off. It was going off of you know, Cook, Cook's Spock, as the Armada leader, let's say. Um, but my Spock is still doing his work in the background. Um, so that's that's important to note because I've had a couple of times where people are like, wow, this doesn't really seem to work for me. Um, until we point out to them like, hey, no, it is it's still going on in the background. Um, you just gotta know what to look for. You have to look a little harder to make sure that those things are actually true Yeah.
1: This is a little tough because you know you wanna you wanna know like what rounds you had morale hit so you can you can compare to when rounds that you didn't have morale. So it's a little, I wish hopefully would change that. If they could add little like icons or something to to everyone, ship uh, that would
5: be nice. Yeah, there is like, a lot I mean, to be desired still in the battle reports. But let's you know, I'll also say that there was a time you know early on in the game where we didn't even have battle reports, and and there was also a time where like when they first launched, there was there was much less information than there is now. So fingers crossed they'll continue to improve that mechanic, but. Um, but yeah, that is that is definitely frustrating because there's there's some stuff that, you know, even those of us who are who are very well versed in reading them, there's a lot I wish I could see that that I I just can't, you know, I I don't know what the actual impact is, or there's not enough information there to really break down what I want to know. Um, but that having been said, you know, they're still they're they're a vital tool now that you have them because it's the only way you can see whether or not what you are trying is is really working. Um, well,
2: the best thing to do for that is run solo armadas on smaller targets. Yes. If you want to see if particular skills are working and how they're working in regards to just you without anything else affecting it, just run smaller solo armadas.
5: That is that is absolutely the best method um, to be able to isolate uh, variables and stuff like that, to be able to tell, you know, is this really working the way that it seems or or is this effective? Right. No, your, numbers, you know, your numbers can be skewed by other people's skills as well.
2: Like, you know, burning and a hole breach and all these other things can skew the numbers.
5: Oh, man. Especially the uh, the level of the leader's ACC. Um, that, that's right. a big one. That's a big Absolutely. one. That's I mean, I've, seen,
2: I've seen smaller guys running armadas, <laughs> and the big guys will come and join, and we fail because their ACC is at 37 and ours is at 50. Well, that's a big oh,
1: difference.
5: Yeah. It's a massive improvement. Awesome. Aren't about to hit either.
1: So Where that affects that? everybody's numbers then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Okay, everybody's numbers is going to go off the the leaders ACC level.
5: Yeah, you'll see a substantial difference between, say, uh, a thirty three runs a five seater, you know, and then a, a thirty what they they six seats kicks in at thirty nine. So let's say a uh, thirty eight runs that same exact five seater with the exact same ships and crews and and you will notice a substantial difference in the result. You know, whereas the the 33 might might have the whole armada fall flat on their face, the 38 with that that difference in in group damage bonus, um, you know, that that could be a successful armada by comparison.
2: Just basically for each level you go down, you want to add that percentage in power to it to be successful. So if you know that a level 40 you need 20% of the power to beat the Armada, you know, in comparison to the Armada's power, just as a rough guide. You know, if somebody five levels lower, well, you may want to add 10% to that number to make sure you're safe or something like that. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but something along there.
1: I believe it adds like 2% per level. I think, think you know, if you're 35, you have to add 70% 70 power. I think it's the numbers. Right.
5: The the best rule of thumb that I've been able to to kind of develop here is that like when you're looking at um, four to five seat armadas, um, you know having roughly forty maybe forty five percent of the armada power is is ideal. When you get to uh, you know the thirty five plus range and into the six seat armadas. We've really been seeing that that you know thirty to thirty five percent of the power is generally sufficient, um, but that's that's a hard and fast rule and is 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 potentially very inaccurate. So I wouldn't take that as as biblical or anything, um, right. but it, it's at least a place to start
1: if, if right. you're properly crude
5: and everything. <laughs> Which is sometimes a very big assumption. <laughs>
1: well, I've
2: seen I've seen crazy stuff before where. I started an Armada in exchange, and it was just me and Smooth, for example, on a level 40 rare, and we win. And then, you know, and then somebody else runs the Armada, and it's me and Smooth and OC, and we lose on the same rare. Like, it's just sometimes it happens.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and exchange Especially with kind of the Stellas, of ex-
2: the, the Stellas are the exchange armadas are very hard to read as far as power level they and what's really going to work, what isn't really, really
5: oh, hard. Oh, man, they are. The, the thing that you can't see, and the reason that they're so hard for, the, for everybody listening there is that you, there are background bonuses that occur when your Stella is in exchange space. And, and there's, there's really no good way to tell who has what. You know, like we've we've kind of tried to develop a bit of a a M number system, you know, amongst our alliance to say that, you know, okay, if your M number is this, then I feel pretty confident we can do this. But it's it's such an exact science because there's more going on in the background for the exchange armadas than there is for anything else, because your Stella gets additional bonuses just because it's in exchange space or just because it's going after an exchange target. Uh, right. In addition to your personal researches and stuff like that, that would affect any ship, um, and it, it really skews the numbers. I mean, it's it, it is so hard; it drives me crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, well, we're hitting the time here, so I want to close this out, but we can keep chatting afterwards. Thank you guys for coming. Really, Tiger, like really appreciate coming and, and laying this stuff out. Handy, Jolly, and Sid. Danny, I really appreciate you coming cook. I know you're sick. You haven't talked much this time, but, uh, it does a lot of help putting this out. Oh, see you guys next week.
5: If I could very much before we go, before we go real quick, I just want to throw uh, a big shout out to handy because, uh, man, I see you in all kinds of podcasts and all kinds of group chats and, and different alliances and everything um and the effort you're putting in to help grow the server outside of your team uh is is singular and and to be honest with you I think it's a lot of the reason why other teams like ours are trying to do this sort of thing um so so as you know as as much as I can speak on behalf of the server uh dude thank you for everything you do because it's it's invaluable and not many people would take the time that you take uh, to spread your knowledge and experience. And and it's definitely appreciated. And um, just thank you for, for being the player that you are and being the guy that you are uh, and helping everybody out here, man. It's, it's really appreciated. Thank you much. Absolutely.
3: Thank you.
2: Yeah. I really appreciate that. That's very humbling. I, thank you. I try my best. <laughs> you, you do, do a man. magnificent job, man.